In this episode, I'm interviewing Tom from the UK. We're gonna discuss his take on financial independence, have just a bit of like a conversation with the two of us, how we view things, how his own life is progressing and how he sees what financial independence can mean for himself. And as a nice extra bonus, uh, we're gonna talk about Tom's side hustle, which is matched betting and found it myself a pretty interesting conversation. So I hope it will be of value to yourself as well. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to another podcast episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today, I've got Tom with me. Hey, Tom. Hi, Alvar. You okay? I'm not doing too bad. So, Tom... You are one of my fellow co-hosts of the UK Fi podcast, which we will be launching really, really soon. But this will be your first podcast episode that will be probably released before the UK Fi podcast goes live. So this is your chance to show the world. We've got a big audience in the UK as well if, from the Fi UK podcast, who you are and where you are about. So let's get started. Tom, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? And why do you care about Fi? Right. Okay. Yeah. So my name's Tom. I'm 25. I got into FI about oh, about four or five years ago, maybe, when I was at university. And I essentially started just by trying to budget a university to make my money last longer and sort of tried to make a little bit of money on the side and stuff to help me along with that. And then when I graduated, I thought, let's put these sort of principles into practice. How can I kind of maximize the amount of money that I'm making? How can I maximize uh, the sort of flow of that money and my savings rate and that sort of stuff? And then eventually, through further reading, that kind of brought me to the idea of FI. And then before you knew it, I sort of had all these accounts set up and just trying to optimize it as much as possible. But yeah, it began from simply being into basic personal finance principles. And one thing I've always said is um, financial independence is just the, the logical extreme of personal finance. If you follow the route and you put all these things into practice, somewhere down the line you will eventually get to fi it, you know it might be 40 50 65 whatever eventually you will become financially independent and it appealed to me because i always had some idea of what i wanted to do as a job i did a math degree so i knew i wanted to do something sort of intellectually stimulating and perhaps uh, sort of data or like problem solving kind of driven work but i didn't really have that much of an idea and i was always quite I was always quite taken to the idea of doing multiple different things and being able to choose when and what I worked on, which is sort of intrinsic to the idea of financial independence. It's, if money was not an option, what, what would you do with your time? I think that's one of the biggest questions that comes from financial independence. So that, that is certainly why it appealed to me. Nice one. And if I would ask, what are like one or two things that most people would consider odds in terms of personal finance, saving money, that you are doing different than others and you haven't really heard before within the whole five discussions, what would they be? What are your weird budget tricks or ways of saving money? One of them is, I suppose it's not quite what you asked, but I'd say the age that I started, I think whenever I talk about this with people my own age, they find it quite strange. I'm already into personal finance to this extent. You know, they, you, get, you tend to get people in their 40s or 50s that know a similar amount to the sort of things that we do. But also another thing that I do, which is sort of not with the norm, would be a side income called match betting, where I sort of 
I, I can save a good amount of money from my normal job, but I like to increase my income and save and invest as much of that as possible through match betting. Nice one. And that's also one we're going to cover later on in more detail because specifically match betting can be interesting for uh, listeners from the UK, but in general, the concept can be applied to other countries. Obviously, do your research if it's legal to do or not. It is in the UK for sure. But before we're going to go down that rabbit hole, Tom, can you just maybe quickly run us through what is your plan of getting to FI and what will your definition of FI be? So uh, will you just stop working and chill out in Thailand or is there another grand master scheme plan going behind it? That's, that's, yeah, that's a really good question. So my definition of FI is quite simple. It's to have enough money so that you never have to work again. So that provides perpetual income on itself. So my sort of goal, my, my sort of immediate goal in, in FI is to reach about um, 300,000 pounds of invested assets. So that's purely invested in an index fund, which would provide about 1,000 pounds a month income, which isn't a tremendous amount really in the grand scheme of things. But that would be enough where I could pursue other sort of part-time interests and be able to earn money on the side and choose exactly what I want to do. In terms of what I do when I reach that, I think I would definitely look at part-time earning opportunities, perhaps my own sort of businesses or not necessarily financial pursuits, but pursuits more of interest that may even lead to sort of income down the line. And then I would certainly do a lot of traveling as well. I've done a fair bit of traveling, not a tremendous amount, but I've done a fair bit of traveling in my life so far. And that's something I really would like more time to do because, you know, only having a month of annual leave per year at work, it doesn't give you that many opportunities to, to travel as much as much as I would like to. Uh, fair enough. I recently went to Spain myself for just two weeks and it is pretty nuts what just two weeks of holiday does to you in terms of relaxing things you can explore, other cultures, foods. Generally, the, the value you get out of it, and we can all debate, you know, if traveling is worth the money, etc. Yeah, yes or no. But like for me personally, the value you get out of being exposed to those different experiences, it's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's only so much life experience you can get from working and meeting people in your own country i think you you have to go and experience other cultures get yourself out of your comfort zone do things you're not used to doing no exactly tom in terms of how far you are along on the journey like how close are you to that three hundred thousand number so i'm not quite 10 percent of the way there i'm a lot closer to 10 percent than the last time we spoke out well but i'm not even 10 percent there which i think some people would look at and be disheartened but i certainly don't i think it's quite exciting to know that I've got a long way to go. Uh, but also, I think it's important to realize that it's going to be slower in your first few years. And in the last five years of five, you're going to be making so much interest on your invested assets that you're going to quickly make up that sort of 50K to 100K difference in what, the, money, the money that you need. But as of right now, yeah, about 10%. No, I got you. And I always say the first 100K is the hardest getting there. Um, I mean, many people, they find themselves a heck either through a really high paying London job or a real estate gig. They flip around and earn 100k like that, but doing it the hard way, earning an actual salary, saving it up, investing the difference of what you save and rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. First 100k now, you're totally right. And again, I mean, we're both in our 20s in terms of peak earning years. We haven't even come close yet in terms of before we get there. It's just getting uh, ourselves into the right profession, learning the skills. And as we're both doing right now, save, 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 save. And then at some point, hopefully, as you said yourself, you know, then 
another 50k or so it goes a lot quicker and um, that's a funny thing i often see these reddit threads where people are posting like you know how long did your first 100k uh, took and people often say like you know seven eight years and then the next 100k from 100k to 200k took three years and it goes faster and faster and i guess if you're saving 20 25000 pounds uh or euros or whatever yearly but you're also making another 20k investment returns on top you're earning your salary effectively already through investment returns and double dip through that and keep repeating that and then it goes so much faster as you said yourself it's exciting i'm really looking forward to get to that stage and just see that happen I, i'm kind of there a little bit not entirely yet but just that feeling of releasing your investments like yield like thousands tens of thousands annually that, that would be good to get to that stage as soon as possible but Anyway, from that little rent uh, rent story, let's jump over to uh, the main topic of this episode, match betting. So, Tom, can you run the listeners through uh, kind of like, what is match betting? Why do you do it? How much do you earn with it? And why should I care? Yeah, of course. So match betting is a form of tax-free income in the UK. Uh, in other countries, you may have to pay tax on it, but all gambling earnings in the UK are tax-free. And it essentially is making money from the bookmakers by exposing or exploiting their promotions that they run in order to get new customers in. So essentially what you do is you sign up with a bookmaker and you have sort of multiple books uh, like bookmaker accounts. And then you sign up with an exchange, which would be like Betfair, Matchbooks, Markets. And then you make bets on the bookie and the exchange to sort of cover yourself so that whatever happens in the game or horse race or, or sort of event, whatever happens in that event, you will guarantee a, a very small amount of loss. And what this does, it unlocks the bookmaker bonus that they're running. And then you can do the same principles. And then from that bonus, instead of creating a very small loss, you create quite a decent profit. So a, a quick example of this would be, uh, let's say a bookmaker like Coral might say, sign up. If you bet 50 quid with us, we'll give you a 50 pound free bet. So sign up with Coral, sign up with Betfair Exchange. A 50 quid bet with Coral, lay that on the exchange, which is where you sort of cover the outcome. So you might bet on Chelsea to win, and then on the exchange, you'll bet on Chelsea not to win. And from that, you'll lose about, could be about 5%. And then you lose, on a 50 pound bet, you probably lose about £2.50. And then with that, they'll give you the 50 pound free bet. You do the same thing. You back an event, lay an event, and you'll guarantee about 80% of the value of the free bet. So about 40 quid. Minus the £2.50 qualifying loss, you'll get about £37.50 profit out of that event. Okay, but that's utilising the sign-up bonuses, right? That's like the, the nice, neaty thing you can do when you first get started with this. Use sign-up bonuses to really, you know, they want to encourage you to start betting effectively and earn money out of you. But you utilise their nice £50 offer, go for a minor bet, but earn, but try to pocket as much as possible from that free bet or from the £50 they're giving you. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's in their interest because it's a form of marketing for them that it entices you to come in. You're like, oh, I'll join this bookmaker. I get a 50 pound free bet. And the idea is most customers will stay on any money they win. They'll bet through until they lose it. And that's how the company makes money. With, with match betting, it is strictly not gambling because we are just using maths and a few little skills that we own to uh, sort of rinse profit out of these opportunities. Gotcha. And when you say strictly not betting and using math skills and calculations to um, do this, and you also referred earlier to websites that can potentially support you in 
this because my understanding was websites like OddsMonkey, what they will do for you is they will actually run the calculations and tell you if you, you know, do X, Y, Z, you will earn 10, 12% return on whatever you're doing at that very moment. And if you repeat that over time, over and over again, that's where the interesting returns come from after the sign-up bonuses, right? Because initially you can earn a nice, decent amount. I've done that party myself here in the UK, signed up for a bunch of providers, pocket uh, the sign-up bonus. But at that point, I probably earned a grant or something through that. Nice, thank you, free money. Or not necessarily free money. I still have to do work for it, but earn a grant. But then when once I had earned all those free bonuses and sign-up bonuses, I suddenly had to start uh, doing all the calculations you were referring to and use the tool that's odd monkey. But I quickly found my returns dropping substantially after the offers were over. And I actually had to do go in, follow all the steps they were recommending me to do. It still worked, but uh, probably, you know, I was getting maybe like 15-ish, 20 pounds an hour return on that. Still, there were better days, but I'm just wondering, do you have a similar experience? And do you still think under that assumption, is it still worth it? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very valid sort of question to ask because although bookmakers will run very profitable offers for us to get new customers in eventually these offers will dry up and they're not going to keep giving you money making opportunities at the end of the day they are a business they want to make money out of you not for you to make money out of them so once you've done the the, the welcome offers or the, or the sign up bonuses as we call them then you will have to move into what we call reload offers offers where they offer them to existing customers as opposed to new customers and these won't be as profitable you say you can make anywhere between 500 to a thousand pounds just from doing all the welcome offers but the reload offers they won't be as profitable as that but you will be able to continually do them to make an income until eventually you'll get banned because they will sort of spot different um different sort of um, they will track you down they will have software running to track down what you're doing and then recognize oh you're one of those people and they'll ban you because you make money out of them and they don't like that exactly yeah they, they sort of analyze the the betting patterns that's the one and then eventually if you, if you sort of fit a certain profile they'll stop you from using the office at all but yeah in terms of reload offers there's quite a few of them some of them run offers like if you bet a certain amount with us in a week we'll give you a certain size free bet so i know sky do one if you bet 25 quid in a week they'll give you a five pound free bet which doesn't sound much but you'll make a bit of money from that which will cover your qualifying loss in other areas and then a lot of casino companies run offers where it's it, it, it won't be guaranteed profit on a certain event, like the sort of free bet offer that I described earlier, but it will sort of give you a mathematical advantage over the casino in the long run. So you can sort of do those. You might lose money sometimes, you'll make money others, but over time you'll make more money than you lose. Question, how much do you earn with this an hour roughly and on a monthly basis? What could I earn with this? I've been match betting for quite a while, like over three years, but I've been properly match betting, like putting a lot of time and effort into it for about 18 months now. And I've averaged £600 a month since doing that. And it takes me anywhere between, I would say, eight and 12 hours a week, which I think we worked out earlier to be somewhere between 10 and £15 an hour, which is, that's obviously net, that's all tax-free. Understood. And I mean, if you would add tax on top, like 33% tax on top, no, then we're talking anywhere between like 13 to 18 pounds an hour. I mean, and you can approach it in many different ways saying, I mean, that or as in that's not worth my time or that's too low. 
But at the same time, you can always do this, right? If you have a need for more cash or you can always do it, it's scalable and it's pretty easy, but it is something if you care about sports, you kind of have to value and have an interest in it. Otherwise it gets boring pretty quickly, at least for me, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, it's very true. I think for someone like me, I'm into sport. I watch a lot of football anyway. So to monitor the scores and to monitor the odds isn't really a problem for me. I don't really count it as work, even though it does take up some of my time. But yeah, if you're if you're not someone who's into football or horse racing or anything like that, it's going to feel more like work. But to me, this is more like a, a paying hobby, if that makes sense. I, I enjoy the sort of the mathematical elements behind it enough so that it doesn't feel that sort of that stressful. And then, yeah, in terms of um, a net income, some people may look at that and go, oh, that's not a tremendous amount of money. You know, you can earn sort of better money doing other things. And whilst that may be true, this is a very accessible form of making money. You know, if you want to start your own business or something like this, if you want to make your own podcast, you're going to have to put in a lot of time earning nothing before you get something out of it that is worthwhile. Whereas match betting, you just turn on your laptop, open up a few accounts and you can make like a couple of hundred quid in the hour. It's, you know, it's, it, it really is very, very accessible. Nice one. And just to add the European component to it as well. So I have no exact knowledge about specific countries and please always do your own research on the legal requirement at Citra. But I would see no reason why this same approach cannot be applied to other countries within their legal framework or even using countries against each other. As in, you know, go to a German uh, matchmaker and uh, use a UK one and play them out against each other, uh, different companies that don't know each other. Who knows what's possible along those lines. But there's one thing I always am reminded of when we talk about, even if it's strictly speaking, no gambling. There was this guy at the company where I worked years and years back. What he always used to do is he had the, he had a really strong mathematical mind. And he used to have this approach on horse races where he had, I don't even know the exact approach he had, but he had a spreadsheet where he had calculated every exact step uh, he had to follow. This was before the, the advisory websites that told you exactly what to do, what to do, which steps. And he had built an entire model around it. It worked amazingly for like nine months, ten months. Like he had this goal of getting a hundred, like a hundred k saved up out of this, and he did it again and again. And there was always in the end, he made one little mistake, one little key stroke. He typed in wrong, and then he lost everything he made in the end and that's always a story i'm reminded of a little bit with these approaches not to say there are no people that can do it in a correct and right way but there's a reason why gambling companies make money and not so many people actually manage to uh, beat the system yeah i think that's a very very good point i think if any of you are even slightly akin to gambling or to to having an addictive personality this probably isn't something you want to get involved in. It's perfectly safe if you do it and you don't make mistakes and keep a cool head. But if at any point you get tempted to bet, um, or tempted to sort of not lay your bets, not to guarantee any money from it, then you're only going to be losing yourself money in the long run. You know, luckily, gambling is something I don't have an interest in. Uh, I don't like the idea of losing money long term. At the end of the day, I am a mathematician, so I will always take. The, I'll always take the guaranteed money. I'll always take the sort of easy, quick, guaranteed win. But no, I agree. It's a very, very good point to make. Nice one. And with that one, let's round up this episode. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.
Hey Matthias, do you think there are no financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddit, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project, to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe Podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe Podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.